Heavenly Father, we come before you today as your people. We know you've come today as every day to gather and to meet with us in worship. But today we get to celebrate a special day of the day when you came to us in the flesh. Lord, may we not miss that that truly is good news. We ask that you'd speak to us today. May we hear and respond to your word. And may we be challenged and transformed. We ask this, Lord, in your son's name, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Today is the day we've been waiting for. Kids have been waiting for their gifts. Parents have waited maybe to give those gifts. Maybe we've just waited for it to be over. Maybe you've waited to gather with friends and family or for someone you don't get to see very often to come home. There's lots of reasons that we wait for Christmas. But today we finally get to celebrate. And I know that some people, today isn't always a day of celebration. Maybe Christmas and the holidays brings you a little bit of heartache or sorrow. Sometimes these times of year that are supposed to be so great aren't so great for all of us. I want to acknowledge that today. But we need to realize that, that Christmas isn't about the gifts or even about the family or the gatherings. Those are ways that we celebrate, but Christmas is different. So even if those celebrations bring us sorrow, there's a reason to have joy. That's because of what Christmas is all about. If you haven't been with us for Advent, you know we've been waiting. We've been waiting for some person. We've been talking about this person every week. But today we finally get to celebrate that he's arrived. We've lit the candle. We've proclaimed that Jesus has arrived. And Jesus' arrival is worth celebrating for all of us. No matter who you are, what's happened, where your life has gone or where it could be, Jesus' arrival is worth celebrating. So let's talk about that today. If you want to take out your Bible and turn to John chapter 1, we're going to be taking a look at this passage from John 1, 1 through 14 to get together. So John chapter 1, and the verses 1 through 14. So in the Pew Bible, if you want to follow along, that is page number 1506, John 1. And I don't have my click remote. See, it's up here. I'm going to grab it. It'll be so much easier than me trying to direct Emerson. So John 1, 1. So if you want to open to John 1, we're going to be taking a look at this passage together. But while you're turning there, we need to just briefly make a couple of stops to make sure we understand where we're coming from. Again, Advent is the season before Christmas. Advent is the first season in the church calendar. And the reason that Advent is the first season is because it's the season where we're waiting for Jesus to arrive. So it's the season of anticipation. It's also a season where we acknowledge that we're waiting for Jesus to return. A story that finishes at the end of the church calendar, but also a story that we're waiting to finish today. We all are waiting for Jesus to come back. 
But while we're waiting for him to come back, we do get to celebrate his arrival. So Advent waits for Jesus. But when Christmas comes around, it becomes the time when we celebrate his arrival. But the question that we need to ask them, well, why is Jesus' arrival worth celebrating? This is the million dollar question. The question that every one of us have to think about and, and answer if we want to be honest with ourselves about the life we want to live. Why do Christians claim that this baby was born sometime probably in the spring, but that we celebrate now 2,000 years ago? Why does that matter? And John is going to tell us. John 1.1. This is how he starts. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was the life, or in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So John's gospel starts differently than the other gospels. John connects the beginning of the Hebrew Bible in the beginning God made the heavens and the earth. Well, now in the beginning was the word. So John starts with this word. This word that he connects with God. And he says this word has been around since the beginning. The word didn't just come in the middle of the story. The word's been there since the beginning of the story. This matters to John because he's going to tell a story about Jesus. And he wants us to understand that his subject, Jesus, this character, this main character in the story he's about to tell, isn't someone who just comes on the scene in the middle of the story. He's been there since the beginning. Because when we talk about Jesus, John says, we actually need to talk about God himself. And then he says, when we talk about God, we talk about light. Because God is light in the darkness, which is important for John's gospel, but also important for us. We light candles during Advent. We talk about the darkness that needs light shined upon it, and the light comes in Jesus, and God is light. So this is what John wants to say. Then he continues here in verse 6. He says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He's talking about John the Baptist, not himself. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. So now John's taking that story he's about to tell. Again, we've talked about this every week almost. And he said he's plugging Jesus's story into the story of Israel. And also for John's story, if we read the very next passage in John, right after this, in the second half of chapter one and chapter two, we meet this character right away. So this person that John's about to introduce to us is a witness to who Jesus is. A witness to what John is claiming about Jesus. This is important because John is saying, the story I'm telling you is about the word of God who came. So what is it that John says about this word? Verse 9. The true light that gives light to everyone, that's the word, was coming into the world. That's what John was going to say. He was in the world, and though the world was, not made, was made through him, the world did not recognize him. 
He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. John's going to talk all about all of these things throughout his gospel. But what he's making clear is this story he's going to tell is about this light that was there from the beginning who is God coming to the world. Now remember, Israel was waiting for God to return. That's what they were waiting for. Now no one thought that that meant God was coming to the physical world. They just thought that meant that God was going to bring them back to Israel. He was going to come back to the temple. They were going to start all of that over again. But John steps up and he says, no, the story I'm telling is different. The story I'm telling is about God coming to the world. And this is why it's good news on Christmas. And then he also tells us something else about God coming to the world. He says this God, God is coming and he is going to give those who do believe in him the right to return to be his people. And he also indicates there's a chance that a lot of people won't listen to this story. Now that's the tragedy that unfolds in what we're about to go through over the next six or three or four months until Easter is the people who reject Jesus. But for all the people who reject Jesus, there's people who don't reject, those who do believe. And they become children of God. And what that means is they become rescued. They are saved. Jesus saves them. Because we're waiting to be saved, that's what we need. And Jesus comes to save. And then John brings his point home in verse 14. One of the most powerful verses in all of scripture. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory and the glory of the one who's one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Now what we don't understand because we're not Jewish, we don't know the language, is John is actually saying right here that God did the word ta uh, dwelt. He's actually saying the word tabernacled. Now if you remember, Israel was given a tabernacle which was a, a tent temple. They carried around the wilderness and when they set it up, God met with them. God dwelt with them. The cloud rested over the tabernacle and they knew that God was there. And now what John says is, you know what? God's not going into a tent. He's going into a human body. And guess what? You get to meet him. And guess what? He wants to live with you. He wants to know you. He wants you to follow him. The word became flesh. And it tabernacled. It dwelt. It came to live and embody life with us. And that is what John is saying throughout his gospel. In no uncertain terms, he says... God has come to his people, not just by coming to Jerusalem with his presence, but in the flesh. God has come to us on Easter morning, on Christmas morning, not Easter, on Christmas morning. He's come to us. And why does he come? He's come to save us. Come to save us from ourselves, not just from ourselves, but from the powers of sin, death, Satan, the world, everything that's trying to pull us away 
to turn us towards ourselves. We could be even more specific. See, I have a list here somewhere. He wants to pull us away from addictions, bad habits. I guess those are addictions, right? Maybe we want to call our bad habits addictions. From brokenness, from sorrow, from pain, from things that people have done to us, things we've done to ourselves, things we've done to other people. He wants to set us free from those things. And he wants to say, come back to your father. And this is why we celebrate on Christmas. And this is why no matter how you feel about Christmas because of what has or hasn't happened in your life or, or what has transpired that makes Christmas hard to celebrate, we can celebrate and praise God because he has come to rescue us. Those very things that make Christmas hard, he has come to rescue you from. God has come and that is good news. And that is what we celebrate today. So today we praise God for he has come to rescue us. That's why we've been singing praise. We're trying to. And why it's worth trying. And why it's worth being here even though we had to truck through the cold and the snow. Because together we praise God for he has come to rescue us. So we do finally get to celebrate today. We finally get a feast. We got to finally put on the white. And I think Cheryl, because I got here and I forgot to tell her about the white, she's still waiting for the schedule I owe her. And she graciously changed the colors with a couple minutes before the service. And her schedule is now done. So she'll have it on Monday or Tuesday, probably. Maybe Wednesday, actually, but you'll have it this week. <laughs> I, I don't, yeah, it'll be there this week. <laughs> But we come and we get to celebrate. We get a feast. We get to rejoice because God has come to rescue us. So today we praise God for he has come to rescue us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today as your people. And we're so thankful for this good news from John that you came to dwell with us, to be with us, and to save us. Lord, may that be always in our mind. May that be what shapes our identity. May we remember and always strive to be shaped by you in your love for us. May we know that that's where true life and light is. As you, the light has come to the world to show us where life and light is in the darkness. And not just as some spirit or some idea, but as a in-the-flesh human person you came. And one day we will again be with you as a human person. With your son, Lord, we thank you that he's come. And Jesus, we thank you that we're able to know you and be with you and celebrate your arrival today. We ask this, Heavenly Father, in your Son, Jesus' name, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.